Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction. And part two of my chat with the indefatigable, wonderful Dame Esther Ranson. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors and find out what's inside. Like, so when you started, you had your first um, appearance on television. Do you remember what you wore? And did he have any, did he give you any guidance on that? Yes, it wasn't my actual very first appearance on television because I appeared on a viewer style panel now i cannot remember what the name of the program was it was in the 60s in current affairs a friend of mine was producing a viewer complaint program and discussion of television and the discussion was whether a woman would ever be allowed to read the news and a nurse said absolutely not because women lacked authority and i said did she have a female matron and did she lack authority? Anyway, that's all I remember. <laughs> but that was my very, very first appearance. Mm, okay. But then as a reporter, it was Braden's Week, and I do indeed remember what I wore because I decided it was going to be too difficult to think of something different every week. So I got a friend who was good at sewing to make me what was then known as a pinafore dress, <gasps> only it was in two halves, at skirt and top. And I thought I would wear it week after week and I would wear a different shirt underneath it, blouse underneath it. And mm-hmm. on week three, we actually got a complaint from a man who said, my sister Anson always wear the same thing. <laughs> so I went to my BBC boss, I can't remember, my producer probably, and I said, look, I can't afford this. I think they were paying me something minimal. And I said, I cannot afford to spend what you're paying me on a different dress every week you're gonna have to supply it and from then on for the next 39 years the BBC paid for my clothes that I wore as a reporter presenter fantastic and did you choose them or did you have a stylist do you have someone like a wardrobe lady to help you well if since the BBC were were actually supplying the clothes which ended up in BBC stock uh, we always had a, a, a designer who sometimes would find clothes for me I once wore Nana Muscuri's dress and I once inadvertently <laughs> wore Joanna Lumley's dress no. because by that time we were working in the TV theatre and she was sitting in for Wogan Wogan would program regular talk show came out of the TV mm-hmm. and she was sitting in for him and her dress that she was about to wear the next day was already hanging in my wardrobe and I thought it was for me and I put it on and my boobs fell out the top. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, it was only in rehearsal. Thank God for that. That is a proper wardrobe malfunction. 
Um, but did you put, I mean, how much, you strike me as someone who clearly puts, per, and as do I actually, personality and um, intellect over appearance. Are you, the, are you that person? How much importance do you, sitting in your onesie, by the way, how much importance do you put on clothing? Now, on television, quite a lot. Okay. Because uh, I know it's distracting if you wear the wrong things. I mean, basically, mm -hmm. I wear block colours. I wear jackets. In fact, looking back, there's a ransom that I don't recognise that wears jackets and pencil skirts and kitten heels and all those things. Me, I'm in clogs, a onesie. Anyway, but I've never thought... I mean, when, one of the difficulties is persuading producers that when you're on television, people respond to what you're saying and the way you're saying it, mm. rather than how you look. And Annie Mizzen, who became a major star at the age of 86 from her appearances on that side, was a case in point. She became a star mm. because she was funny and naughty, mischievous, mm. terrific, lovable unpredictable except what she looked like which was a little old lady with uh, white hair glasses brown felt hat brown woolly coat i can remember what she looked like but it wasn't why she became a star yeah but then at the same time she she clearly had she it sounds like she was the archetype archetypal granny so in a way it was like she re represented by what she was wearing who she was it sounds like she wore respectable clothing mm. she i always met her in the street she dressed up to go shopping not to appear on television and um she was not an archetypal anything that's why she was so wonderful she was mm. um she left school at 14 against her teacher's wishes because she was so bright but they couldn't afford to keep her at school and she became a cleaning lady and she was a cleaning lady all her life how did you meet i mean how did you come across her I was wandering around the North End Road street market asking people questions, and up she came. So I asked her. And she just lit up, lit up the screen with her personality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Ray of sunlight. Mm. Everybody who saw her remembered her. And I came back thrilled to bits. And uh, the second week I was there just because I couldn't think of anywhere else to go at that time, and it was pure laziness, but she was there. Mm. She was visiting the hospital on a regular basis because she had terrible arthritis and they were treating her. And then the third week, I was there on purpose to see if she'd turn up, and she did. And from then on, the public adored her. I'm going I'm to have to look her up. I don't, I don't remember her, and I, I used to watch um, that slide religiously uh, as a child, religiously. I don't remember her. Mizzen, M-I-Z. Okay, I'm going to write that down, Annie. Mizzen. Mizzen. Okay, I'm going to check her out. She sounds fabulous. So that was 1973, That's Life, which was the biggest show on television and ran for 21 years. And you were the main presenter and a woman. And that, I wonder, I mean, was that quite hard? Because you were breaking barriers and boundaries and in a, in a pioneering sense. But did you have any female men, mentors or did they even exist at that time? Well, they were around. Angela Huth was around. Joan Bakewell was around. They were all very different from me. They were mm. rather beautiful and ladylike. And they didn't noticeably make people laugh. Mm. 
Um, but I came up through researcher, director, producer, and remained a producer, writer. So there was a sort of authenticity because, you know, I wasn't a presenter puppet, if you like. Mm. And indeed, nobody would have given me the job of presenter through the normal routes because um, I remember someone in light entertainment saying to me, lovely man, Colin, saying to me, you're the only woman on television that doesn't annoy my mother. My mother. Yeah, yeah, there we go. (laughs) And I said, well, now look, suppose the only men who appeared on television were wearing rather skimpy leopard print swim swimming trunks and were flexing their muscles and showing off and the way they looked. That is how in light entertainment you use women. You dress them in as little as possible and show as much of their assets as you can. And of course they annoy your mother. You don't allow them to talk or be funny or outrageous or any of those things. You know, they should sing and or dance and be sexy. Me, I don't do any of those three things. Quite right. So is that why um, you once said that you modelled your dress sense on Dame Edna? Well... Ask a silly question, not you, but whoever asked me yeah. that. And you get a silly answer, bless her heart. Yes, I knew her when she was Mrs. Edna Everidge and dressed mm. out of BBC stock, nothing like as grand as she became. But the wheel turns full circle, and now, ever since I became a dame, many people refer to me as Dame Edna. So there you are. We must be kindred spirits. Kindred spirits, indeed. And um, did people ever write to you where you had the pinafore dress and one gentleman didn't like that that you wore it three times but did you ever get letters like you do today or correspondence about your appearance well um there was a time when we did an item on that slide about a brilliant postman who there was an envelope addressed to i don't uh, know her last name but she lives on the hill um, and she's got a tree by the gate, and it's uh, in a village with something like that. Yeah. And it reached her. So we did an item saying how brilliant the person. And from then on, people used to sometimes do pictures of my, draw pictures of my teeth, sometimes just write to me as teeth, the BBC. And during that period of time, the British Dental Association had great difficulty getting any of their own letters because they were all automatically forwarded to me <laughs> if that counts as letters about my <laughs> I mean it, it must have been tough male dominated environment at that time and I mean did you feel the pressure to perform at the top of your game because you were in a minority at that time and it must have been exhausting especially with you starting your family Definitely, I had to. I had to be professional. I had yeah. to work at least as hard as everyone else. Um, I knew if I failed, I would be setting back progress of other women. Yeah. So I've never actually been a feminist in that sense because I always think that gender is less important than other things about you, and particularly as a journalist. Um, for example, if you have a look now at the most disadvantaged children, they are white working class boys. So you have to be aware mm. that, you know, the stereotypical 
deprivation. It's not always true. Mm. So I'm not a feminist, but I do believe that women deserve the opportunity to fulfill their potential alongside men. And mm. that's what I was very lucky to get. I was just just at the cusp where, you know, women were never allowed to read the news. Well, we changed that, didn't we? Angela mm. Rippon changed that. Mm. Um, so, and Anna Ford and those mm. those pioneers. But do you think it was because you were you were strong women? That that I mean, sounds like an obvious question, but you were strong women, a Miss a Miss England, let's say, who'd been won a beauty pageant. Who would she have had the same success? Do you think at that time? I, I can only imagine that it was your intelligence and your strength of character for all of you that managed to turn that around. Well, do you, do you think beauty might have won through, or it was beauty and brains that won through? Um, nowadays, I think um, you have to be. No, you don't actually. I, I was just saying nowadays you have to be very good looking, but actually looking across the board. The most brilliant women broadcasters are not necessarily beautiful. Mm. But um, Michael Aspel always felt that his extreme good looks got in the way because no one. Really? I think so. Parky was gorgeous. Yeah, Parky. I didn't get Michael Aspel, but okay. So that so it's interesting that men felt that too. Men felt that if you were very good looking, George Clooney, you know, people underestimated their creativity and their talent and their IQ. I think it is, it is possibly true of very good looking men. Mm. Very good looking women. I think men always hope for the best and are sometimes disappointed. <laughs> A spot on that is so true. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So have you, um, over the years, is there any item that stayed with you that's kind of brought you a sense of calm? So your comfort blanket, and you can't say your onesies. <laughs> They're new. I have not, until COVID, I never wore, I had, 
my my children bought me a leopard skin onesie as a joke and were horrified that I took to it and wore it to parties. Um, oh have I got one thing that I hang on mm. that keeps me calm? Well, this cottage and the garden is my place that I retreat to, yeah. But there's nothing that went on your travels that you've taken with you, nothing that's kind of portable that would be um, termed a comfort blanket? Unless you count my pearls, which you've kindly referred to. Okay, well, the pearls. Yeah, you always wear your pearls, don't you? I do tend to. Well, there you go. They are, are, they, they are so beautiful. They're huge as well. Do you have many sets or just that one magnificent necklace? Well, it's sweet of you to say that, but um, don't let people get, get away with the idea that they're fantastically expensive. The thing about... Please don't tell me they're fake. Uh-huh. I, I refuse to answer that. Okay. You know the way you can tell the difference? Do you know that? I think you bite them. Don't you? And if it, yeah. I remember once a jeweller I know told me a story about uh, Elizabeth Taylor that she had given him her multi-strand pearls with an extraordinary clasp worth hundreds of thousands of pounds, I think. I can't remember whether it had a sapphire or emerald, but it, they needed restringing. So he did it and rang up her PA and said, I'm awfully sorry if I'm breaking bad news to you, but does Miss Taylor realise that these pearls are not real? And she said, of course she realises, but who would ever guess? It's absolutely true. But was the clasp fake as well? No, the clasp was real. No, the clasp was real. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay, that's a tip on the top, isn't it? But thats I think that's true about everything. It's like if you, if you wear one item that is expensive, and not, not that how much, I mean, to me, how much we spend on our clothes or I spend on my clothes makes any difference whatsoever. But if you have one item that is beautifully made, then the perception is that everything you're wearing is the same. It's the same with clothes. Um, so have you had um, a wardrobe malfunction apart from when your boobs came out in Joanna Lumley's dress? I was doing some lectures on a cruise ship and uh, an older lady came up to my daughter who was in the audience because we went on cruises together and said to her, I'm sure your mother would wish to know but her knickers were on view throughout that lecture, which my daughter said she might have liked to know that a little earlier. Anyway, <laughs> so I always say if I'm wearing a skirt, I always appoint someone in the front row to be in charge of my knees because sometimes I've got rather thin legs and bony knees and sometimes, I mean, I try and cross my legs discreetly and keep my knees clamped together but um sometimes they drift a bit so i'm sure i have so is that how you they how your knickers were on display it wasn't because you had been to the loo and your pulled your knickers over the hem of your skirt or the skirt was see-through it was because of how you were sitting i think you may be over visualizing this anecdote no i i, I certainly am i'm having to so i need to know i need to know the answer to this Esther. i wore pencil skirts and they're quite difficult to tuck into your knickers so how were your knickers on display because my knees drifted apart if you wear a straight so you did a what was that film with sharon stone not on you purpose, as far no, as I i'm sure it wasn't on purpose but so the the knees drifted apart 
As far as I can recall, the thing about that scene was that she wasn't, her knickers were not on show. Oh, no, she wasn't wearing any knickers, was she? I think that was the point. That is magnificent. I I salute you for that malfunction. And um, so you... Why? hmm? Why do you think... I thought it was rather graceless. It is, but you know what? Fallibility and imperfection are two beautiful things. Well, there you are. Thank you very much indeed. I can assure you I'm neither infallible nor... Actually, let's not not discuss this in front of my children because I I try and convey the impression I am infallible. The Pope and your mother, in both yeah. encounters. So, I, I kind of, I'm still getting my head around the onesie, but you do have an innate um, grace, I think, in the way you present yourself. And you turned 80 last year, and you ran around the garden in your dressing gown. And it, when you were 60, you ran around the garden naked and in a big chiffon hat. Don't look at me quizzically like that. And I want to know, isn't that true? You ran around the garden in your dressing gown and then you, on your 60th birthday you ran around the garden naked with a chiffon hat. No. I read, I read that. that. Completely wrong. Okay, well, put me right. When I was 50, I ran okay. around the garden only wearing a hat and a necklace, I think. When I was 80, what made you think I was wearing a dressing gown? I don't know. I read it somewhere. It's, it's, I read it. I can't remember where I read it. I'll sue them. Of course I wasn't wearing a dressing gown. I wasn't wearing anything. No, you were wearing something. I might have been wearing a hat. I'll have to look back at the photograph. Yeah. I wore nothing. So how are you going to celebrate being 90? Because you are going to go on forever same old, same old. I think the same old, same old. I quite like running around in the nude on my birthday because my birthday is at the end of June and the weather is always gorgeous. Even when I was little, we used to have birthday parties. For my, and, it, and my poor sister's birthday is coming up now in February. And it always had to be cancelled because there was fog or snow or ice. Mm. Whereas my birthday, she ought to have had an official birthday. Mind you, this may be why she now lives in Australia. There you go. Permanent sunshine. Parmesan. I, I suppose I'll do the same as I have done before. I believe in repeating a good experience. I think that's a magnificent thing to do, just to liberate yourself and run around naked. I'm going to do that on my 60th birthday, which isn't too far away. Um, and when you said that when your grandmother was 80, you thought she dressed like an old lady. Is that right? Yes, my grandmother, um, as she got older, my mother's mother, whom I adored, she used to wear suitable clothing, not, may I say, a onesie. Mm. Um, And she dressed in grey and lilac and uh, bloomers. Oh, bloomers. My granny wore bloomers too. And she would tuck her handkerchief in the elastic around her knee. Bless her. Yes. So how are, how are you going to avoid dressing like an like a old lady when you're 90, apart from the onesie? Who knows what is around the corner, but I think my best, when I'm 90, I will run around the garden not wearing anything and then have to make up my mind. 
But this this onesie is wonderful for winter because it's so warm and it doesn't have mm. that awful gap around your waist where the draft gets in. So, mm. so I need to find an equivalent equally. I think I have got a onesie, a cotton onesie. I might try and find myself some cotton onesies for the summer. That is a very good idea. I think you should get a pair of dungarees, by the way. Don't your boots come out of gun- dungarees? No, not if you wear a bra and a, a blouse underneath it. You've got three layers, haven't you? No, you've got two. Well, you've got... I want okay. something that is just... I'll find it. Thank. No, you know what you do is you wear you wear Desi's caftan that he wore in Greece. Yeah, that's there a you good. Go. I think you raid his wardrobe. All right, final question, Esther. You've been amazing. So, um, what is your birthday suit? Not the birthday suit that you're very keen on showing every birthday, but what what will you wear when you are made an honorary Jewish saint? What is something that makes you feel wonderful? To wear? Yeah. Or do you not give a shit? <laughs> um, clothes rarely make me feel wonderful because I always know that other people would look better than me in whatever it is, if it's nice. What do I really love wearing? Well, I'm afraid the answer is really dull. I am a natural nudist. Okay. And the more clothing I can throw away and gamble in the sunshine on the grass and smell the roses and have a lovely, lovely time not wearing much, that's why I've got a garden with lots of trees that shield me from passing onlookers. But that's my ideal, to lie in the grass not wearing much. Well, there you go. That is a true birthday suit. You have been fantastic and it's been so wonderful to talk to you and I'm definitely going to get onto Childline and I'm going to get my daughter, both my daughters onto Childline as well because um, I think it, and it must be really bad at the moment with people being locked up. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, Esther, thank you so much. Wow. What an amazing woman. What a life. <laughs> what a birthday suit. <laughs> Right, before we go, we've just got time for a final track from our house band duo's brand new Gig in Your Garden album, and this one is quite appropriate.
Uh, well, we will meet again. We do know where and we do know when. We'll be back in your ears in May. Find Gig in Your Garden on our show notes or by going to duoguitarmusic.com or at Duo Guitar Music on Duo's socials. And you can find us on our website, mywardmail.com. Follow us at mywardmail on our socials and please give us a five-star rating and review us on your chosen podcast platforms. Thanks to Esther, to our house band duo, and of course, thanks to you for listening. Catch up soon. Until then, my wardrobe is officially closed. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.